Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Then hello and welcome for today's Go for Leadership episode. My name is Daniel and my guest today is Billy Kiels. Go for Leadership interviews. Billy, welcome to the show. Daniel, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to a fantastic conversation. Love what you're doing and just feel very honored to be a, a part of the conversation today. Perfect. Thanks. And same here. So, Billy, for my audience, it would be great to give a quick introduction of yourself. Uh, who are you and what you're doing? Sure. So who am I? I'm a lot of a lot of people all betched in one. But the, the things I'm most proud about, I guess, today is is I am a, a husband, a father, a son, uncle, a cousin. And I'm a guy who was originally from uh, from the U.S. in from Columbus, Ohio. I've had a chance to live a very interesting life, one that's taken me to 86 countries. Um, it has also allowed me to learn four additional languages. So English plus uh, Spanish, French, Italian, and Catalan. Uh, I have also lived in Europe for the last 21 years. So between, I started a one-year sabbatical, uh, Daniel, back in 2001, and I've enjoyed the European experience so much that I went from Paris, France, to a town called Montpellier, and then I went from there to uh, Italy. I lived in Italy for a while, starting up sales organizations in the IT space, and then went back to France and have been living in Spain and Barcelona since 2005. So uh, I have two children that were born here. My wife is from Spain and uh, I have been very, very fortunate also to meet some incredible leaders in my time. I've seen um, some leadership models that maybe I, I didn't like, but that helped me appreciate the ones that are the most important. And, and most recently after a 26 year career in the corporate world and now taking a lot of the leadership skills that I learned there and, and starting my own venture. So, um, so really, that's, I guess, really high level view of who, uh, who Billy Keels is. Perfect. Thank you, Billy. And um, like we also discussed a little bit, and we also outlined in the introduction, leadership is, is our topic. So we began to go deep into what is your leadership philosophy? What does leadership mean to you? So maybe let's start and kick off with the question, how would you define leadership or what, what does leadership mean to you personally? Yeah, personally for me, and this has been a, a huge evolution, right? I used to think leadership was one thing, uh, and now it is definitely something else. Um, to the fact that when I used to think of it, I thought of it as a title, uh, and it was really related to management, which has nothing to do with leadership. Uh, most recently, uh, what I've understood about leadership, it is that it is really about understanding what it is that you are looking, what, what outcome you're looking to achieve. And most importantly, how can you create the environment for the individuals that are going to help, the individuals being the people that are following the leader, how are you going to create the right environment so that they feel the inspiration and the motivation to accomplish the task at hand? So I think it's a, a combination of those two topics, but also really it's tied to being able to achieve an outcome. Perfect. Uh, you, you described that you have had the experience with some good leaders and maybe also some let's say the opposite, so to speak. How would you describe uh, your perfect leader, the role model leader, so to speak? Well, the, the perfect, I, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily know if there's a perfect one, but there's one, there's some that are definitely uh, better, as you'd say. And first and foremost, the, the person who is doing the leading is clear on, on what the outcome is that they are trying to achieve. And in, and in understanding what that outcome, and that can be a number of different things. I mean, if you look at large corporations, it may be driving stock, um, shareholder value uh, for a small company. It may be getting to the next milestone. And for someone who is uh, maybe has a very young child and wants to set the right example, that could be something completely different. So the leader needs to have, first and foremost, in my opinion, 
the outcome very clear. And then once the outcome is very clear, have to understand the, the talent that is around them. Because at the end of the day, it's about who is also able to help move forward. And so the combination of those of those two, really being very clear on the outcome that you want to lead your organization or individuals toward, and then being able to understand the individuals that make up your your organization, your team, or your family, being able to understand how you can create the right environment to inspire them to take action that's going to move you towards the goal. Uh, well, as we now uh, talked about some perfect examples or key key facts, let's also switch gears maybe to switch the coin on the opposite side. Maybe you can share two, three insights of poor examples of leadership. <laughs> yeah, so if I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll even use my own personal example. Um, and this is as an early, as an early, and I would say as an early manager, right? Because this is, I think, if, I wish someone would have helped me understand the difference between management and leadership early on. And when you confuse a title and believe that people need to do what you say in the way you say it because you said it, that, in my opinion, is a very ineffective way to lead uh, people towards a goal. It's something that I know you've seen many, many times. It's something that I've seen many, many times. And it's even something that I think is one of the main reasons when people are leaving organizations or leaving teams, it's because they have a manager, not a leader, who is not really understanding, number one, what their own individual outcome that they're trying to drive the team to, uh, or they're only focused on their outcome, not how the team can help them to get to that goal. Um, and, and as a result, when not, not having that clarity or saying it's my way or the highway kind of speak, that is one of the reasons that I think a lot of people will leave or look to move to a different type of team because of that poor uh, type of uh, leadership or management approach. So I think both of us have experience in large corporations, but also have had, let's say, first peaks, so to speak, in smaller organizations. Yeah. Um, I think one key element you mentioned is the outcome, to give guidance about the outcome of work uh, or team, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one key element of that is, is clear communication of uh, what is the expectation as well. Maybe you can outline a little bit how, how a leader can describe or should outline the, the expected outcome to a team. Sure. So and I believe that this has to happen on a couple of different a couple of different levels because there's there is first and foremost, you can say that this is what we want to do, i.e., we want to increase our uh, number of employees. We want to increase our uh, revenue by X percentage or our operating margin by this percentage. And, and that's okay to understand what you're supposed to do. But I think the most effective leaders really help people understand, number one, where are we going? Why are we going there? And how their role in helping us as an organization or as a team to get there really align with one another. And, and so it's being able to set the, the broader vision in terms of where are we going? Uh, why are we going there? And then understanding the how critical your role in the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis are to moving the entire team, the the family, the organization uh, in that way. So I, I think it needs to be broken down on a, not just a, um, on a logical type of criteria, but also help people understand from an emotional level, why are we going there? And then why is your role so critical in helping us to move in that direction? And I think when it's done and cascaded in that way, that's when you have the highest probability of achieving a successful outcome. 
for your team or your organization or your, or your family? So, um, we have been really successful in, in managing, let's say, key accounts, large corporations for your uh, previous employer. And I think that's also something which has a lot to do uh, with leadership qualities, because at the end, it's not leading, let's say, your own team, it's leading a client, which is even more challenging, right? I mean, you have not the right, or you have not the same instruments that you have maybe with your own team. Let's uh, deep into that topic a little bit further. So which leadership qualities have been your key success factor to actually be very successful in your roles or in your jobs where you have been client facing attacks. Uh, so yeah sure so and i and i think you know if i if i go back and as you mentioned just recently left uh, a 16-year a career at the market leading um, enterprise software company that i think a lot of people know and and if i think about some of the different comments that happen from from linkedin specifically when i think about c-level executives for some of my clients that took the time number one to, to share their thoughts and whether it was in comments or recommendations, I think about the things that they highlighted most importantly. And, and that is number one, an ability to, to, to listen, but actively listen and understand what their needs were, what their desires were. Also being able to then translate their desires within my own organization so that it created the the type of opportunity that allowed not just our our clients to achieve their goals, but also to help our company achieve the goals. There's also so so that's that's the first thing I think is is really being able to to listen, understand, and translate what clients need. I would also highlight that that most of the clients that I think I've worked with in the past would also recognize the fact that this is a this is about building a relationship. This is a long game. And a lot of times, even when you are in a very high stress, very, um, you know, you have to continue to grow and, and growth is good, but sometimes it's, you do it just to be able to get to the end of the next 90 days. And the philosophy that I've taken has always been, how do we build this relationship? And this is a long-term relationship. So that doesn't mean adding undue stress and concern when it's not needed from a client, just because a sales cycle timeline coincides or doesn't coincide with the client's buy cycle uh, time. And so having that at the forefront of my mind, really playing the long game and being able to build a long-term relationship and being coherent with that, not just saying that we're going to do that and then, hey, listen, I need this because it's stressful. No, that that's not one of the philosophies that, uh, that, that I've bought into. And fortunately, I had a leadership team that also supported that type of approach. And and, and I, I think those are probably the two main things. If I think about what my clients have said, not just to me, but also to my prior organization that they've stated publicly uh, on people with people on LinkedIn, you can see it on my profile. I think th those are the things that they have highlighted that has made that made the relationships successful, not just for the company that I was working for, also for the client, and then in turn as the person who's leading the team. Uh, without a title, by the way, uh, being able to lead the team to successful outcomes. Perfect. I mean, now you have, uh, or you are in a kind of transition, right? So you started your own gig um, and yeah. you work with a lot of young talent, young leaders, young successful leaders, so to speak. What does they have in common or what is on their head if they talk uh, about their challenges as a leader or as a, as a employer? 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that just in terms of coming in context, so now I'm in touch with a number of different leaders at differing points in their career. Some are very young leaders, some are individuals that have just started their first leadership position because they've decided they're not in the in the multinational company anymore. And so I think there's a a couple of things talked about first is in terms of the clarity, really, what are you what's the outcome that you're looking to achieve? And many times, and Daniel, I'm sure you've seen this as well, when, you, when you're in the constructs of a very large organization, everything, you know what you're supposed to do because you have a specialization. And that's the difference between large organizations where things become so large that they need to become specialized and you know what your role is and you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You know how many clients you're supposed to contact, contact et cetera, et cetera, to a new space in a, a startup environment, a, a younger environment where you have to have a lot of people with lots of different skills, skills, right? It's, it's not anything new, but when you are making a transition from one world to the next, that can be a bit intimidating sometimes. It's like you're floating out in air. And how do you get clarity on what is the true north? What is the, what is the most important or what are the most important priorities that we need to put in front of us and then drive our organization of generalists towards that common goal? So it's really helping to gain clarity on what are the priorities and then from there, how do you not get stuck in the trap of how do I keep doing everything? Because most large organizations aren't successful because everybody's trying to do everything. Eventually, you're going to get to a critical mass or you're going to get to a point where you recognize it's time to bring somebody else on board who actually understands this role, the task associated with that role, so that we, once again, as a team, can start moving closer to the overall outcome that was desired through the priorities that we set as an organization. So I think it's really helping gain clarity on the prioritization and then also recognizing where the companies are or where the individuals are in their particular uh, growth path. Hopefully that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that makes uh, a nice uh, switch into a topic which um, I have heard very often these days that it's so hard to say no. And uh, to say no means as well to have a clear strategy in place, right? In particular, in environments, uh, large corporations, you, you touched it, where there's a lot of people, let's say, putting work on your desk and to have clarity as a leader to say, uh, no, this is not part of the desired outcome or it doesn't support the desired outcome. Yeah. So what advice can you give to, to the listeners um, that to say no, so to speak, but not let's say, um, uh, or to, to give this clarity and transparency, uh, not uh, jeopardizing, let's say, their, I won't say career, but their, their success, let's say, in a large corporation in particular, as we all know that a lot of work can be stored on your desk. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, and I, and I know that you don't want us just to be in the theoretical world. You want us to also be in the practical world, right? To talk about what, what is, what is happening. So one of the things that happens in leadership, and, and I'm, I know that I'm probably saying things that you've heard a million times before, but it really is about number one, as the individual, how self-aware are you of the context of your situation? For instance, someone who is a brand new person in the organization saying that to someone who may be the CEO of of a region may not necessarily be a good thing unless you're very, very clear as to why you're saying it, right? Uh, however, this goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. When, when the leaders of the organization set forth the overall outcomes that they're looking to achieve, they've helped to explain why we want to do that with the emotional understanding of it and then being able to help you understand how your role plays into helping move the entire organization forward. 
it's really critical to understand the strategic elements of your company, your five-year plans and how this year plays into the overall five-year plan, because there will be moments, it's not if, but there will be moments. And when those moments come, you have to understand if the context of the situation allows you to say, hey, listen, what I've understood that we were doing was going in this direction. Why? Because we want to be whatever the case may be. And my role plays a critical part in this. And, and what I understand you're asking me to do doesn't really, un, doesn't really align with that. It, it, you know, and you could ask the question, is that correct? Because if nothing else, you've made the person who's asked you to do a task that is probably not related, you've made them think You've also made them recognize that you're not going to be someone who just um, says yes or just says no. At least you're getting that individual to think about, okay, wait, hang on a second. I have someone who actually is telling me about the corporate strategy or the team strategy. They're telling me about why they're doing it and they're telling me about why their specific role ties in. And they've thought this through enough to ask me back to get ask clarification how it ties into the overall strategy. And so I think when you take that type of approach and you understand where you are in your own self-actualization, then that, that could be an effective way, in my opinion, to, to handle that type of a situation when you feel like there is a misalignment of the, the required or the request versus the overall outcome that you should be driving towards as a, as a team, as an organization, as an individual. I like your answer, Nay. What I usually also say is to, to, to my teams is uh, you are the one. Don't look elsewhere. You are the one who needs to say a no or yes to, a, to an action. If you decide something, there will be always a an, an result coming out of it, right? Yeah. So um, I would be also very interesting. I mean, you are a very senior person. You have gone through different types of, of let's say, career steps. Uh, what has been also key moments in your career so far that have uh, made you the leader that you are now? You know, I, I think, well, I don't even think one of the things that I have recognized, Daniel, is, and this comes back a lot, just uh, well, number one is just my mentality. So I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm originally from uh, from Columbus, Ohio, which is in the Midwest of the United States for people who are not familiar. Um, it is a very relaxed kind of uh, environment. But one of the things that, and the reason I tell that is because since leaving Columbus, Ohio and going to college, I've always, or even before then, I've always been a very curious person. So I've always wanted to understand why I've been in situations where um, there were not a lot of people that were thinking like me or, or looking like me. And so there was always this curiosity to continue to talk to people and ask people and get their input and their, um, and, and their thought process, sometimes challenging mine. And early on, I didn't really know how to deal with challenge. Um, it's not that someone wasn't in agreement, but they were just challenging, right? Because the, the, the biggest thing, well, because they wanted to get their point across. The biggest thing that has also helped me, aside from having that curious, curious mindset, has also been the fact that I've had a chance to travel. Um, I, as I mentioned before, I've worked for the last 21 years in Europe. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work and travel and, and have business in 86 countries. And so each and every opportunity to interact with someone has always been an, another opportunity for me to grow, for me to think about a new perspective. And so when you are immersed in this type of environment that continues to make you think, challenge your thought process and allow you to grow, 
that's something that helped me, whether I was, you know, walking on the Great Wall of China or I was leading one of my sales teams here in Barcelona, Spain and anything in between. And so for me, travel has been such an amazing equalizer in being in meetings and boardrooms with CEOs from multi-billion euro companies that have had a different thought process and that curiosity that I've have in understanding people from different cultures that speak different languages many times has helped me to evolve into a leader that can be much more empathetic because I know what it's like to be in a place where you don't speak the language and, and you don't know the culture, but you're going to be there for the next seven months or you're going to be there for the next five years or you're going to be there for the next 10 years and you know that you're going to grow and being able to recognize these different situations because I've lived many of them, right? And I was able to do that in my mid forties. So I would say the natural curiosity that I've always had as a, as a young man and the ability in the great fortune that I've had to work with so many different people across the globe. And also I've been very fortunate to interact and engage with lots of different C-level executives, not only for the clients that I was serving, but even first uh, right out of college, a lot of Fortune 500 uh, C-levels. And just getting that insight has been something that I am very, very appreciative of. And it's something now at this point in my life that I also look to really give back as much as I can because I realize that the experiences that I've had are maybe not what everybody else has had. And I want to be able to share just a little bit of that insight, a little bit of, of what I learned with, uh, with others and the helps that they can also grow. Awesome. And maybe uh, one last question. What advice would you have given the younger Billy when he started his career? Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I you know, it's, it's really difficult to say, because when I was, you know, 21 to 26, when I was starting my career and, I was uh, traveling around the, the globe. Um, I, I saw a lot and, and I asked a lot of questions. You, you know, maybe the one thing that I would say, and this is just to kind of, it's thinking about life as well, not just necessarily business or, or leadership in itself, but make sure that, Billy, that you take time to really enjoy and experience, like kind of taste what you're doing right now. Don't just go through it and, and go get the picture, but really stay and stop and, and spend more time because the curiosity and the asking questions, I was doing a lot of that anyway, but really just to recognize, hey, listen, you're very, very fortunate what you're doing. Don't just kind of realize that this is happening all the time. People don't just travel constantly from one country to the next and, and maybe take it a little bit slower if I could have. Uh, to be able to even enrich the experience that much more. I think that would be the, if I had to give a piece of advice, that would be it. Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Billy, thanks so much for being our guest today. It was a, was a real pleasure. Daniel, thank you so very much for the opportunity. It's been very, very awesome. And I, I love what you're doing here, man. Could continue to, uh, to help people understand more about uh, leadership and capabilities and, and really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Go for Leadership, the podcast.